The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Box Score Breakdown for Sunday, the 24th of January, 2021. I'm your host, Mr. Jolly of Sydney, and my partner, of course, is Scotty Harland. He is aka the Harlander, H-A-R-Lander23 on Twitter. I am Mr. Jolly of Sydney on Twitter. Go and give us a follow. We love it. Um, and I'll, I will, uh, We do some content over there. We share some great content. We do polls and other things as well. It's worth giving us a follow. We love that. Another thing we love is Hoop dashball.com, Aaron Bruski, Dan Brespris, all the legends over there. Shout out to Kingy as well. Um, go and check him out, hoop-ball.com. Support one of the best things going in the fantasy NBA world. You can check out the Fantasy Pass over there. It's only $5 a month. It's one of the best deals in the fantasy world. Uh, so many different great things, appraiser tools, schedule stuff, all kinds of other different tools and things. And also, you get access to the Discord server where you can get one-on-one support with your teams and stuff. Look, try it out for one month. It's just the cost of a latte. And if you don't like it, you know what? You can stop after a month and I'll buy you a latte for the next month to make up for your five bucks. It's oh, That's how much I believe that you're going to love it. Um, I'm making this offer to all you know several hundred listeners that we have. That's how confident I am that people won't be asking me for a latte back. Now, speaking of lattes, I reckon this man drinks a few. His name is Brandon Marcus. Some call him B.D. Marcus of Hoopball Clips fame, as well as many other claims to fame too. You've probably heard him on Tuesday sometimes with Dan. I think they call it Thank God It's Tuesday or something. Or, or was it Happy Brandon Day, mate? Uh, it was Happy Brandon Day on Wednesdays. That was last year. That was back when I was working crazy-ass hours of uh, 3.30 to midnight. And so I actually had my mornings. But not the case anymore. I got normal shift now. So I haven't been on Dan's show in a while. I miss it. It was uh, it was fun times. He had a buy, buy low, sell high. But instead, just do that now on the Discord server. I mean, anytime people want to hit us up on the Discord, I'm there to help out. Also on Twitter, at BD Markets. Whenever people want to chat, I am there, Mr. Jolly. So I got your I got your date, the day that you're on dance things wrong. I got the name wrong. I didn't even shout out your Twitter and you still you still haven't hung up on me. No, can I tell you something funny? I saw the rundown. And I'm like, oh, that just that might be one of Mr. Jolly's funny jokes. But it turns out it wasn't one of your funny jokes. It was just a mistake. There you go. Well, I do make some, even though I'm perfect in many ways. Uh let's just jump into a very quick topic before we hit the box scores from today. And there was some really interesting stuff to talk about. But uh, first, another Grizzlies PPD. Um, they've mm-hmm. got their game on Wednesday against Chicago postponed. I'm thinking here about people setting weekly lineups. I got hit last week, but because Joel Embiid was out, um, I didn't start him. And then he ended up playing, I think he played three games and he had 40 points on average and like 15 rebounds and stuff. It's precarious deciding. So we know that I think the Grizzlies are only going to play three games this week, and now they're not playing on Wednesday. What do you do with the weekly lineup, City? Yeah, I think you're benching them. I don't think you have another choice. I mean, in general, there aren't many guys on that roster that you're going to start with a three-game week anyways when a lot of guys have four-game week. But then when you take away that game, it just really hurts. And the fact that they're already knocking a game that is on Wednesday – that's worrisome, man. I mean, we are still three days away from that game, and they've got Wednesday Portland, Friday Portland, and then Sunday Sacramento. And so at most you're getting two games. You're setting every single Grizzly you have, even John Morant. 
I think the thing is too, like there is some context here that you've got to decide on occasionally. And this has happened to me before, I think, with like where guys are injured coming into the week in weeklies. You've got to sometimes take a bit of a gamble and say, by the time I already had a couple of guys out injured in that that particular league where I benched Embiid, I had Cat out as well. Now on reflection, I just lost 2-7, by the way, in that one. On reflection, it was yeah. probably better to just take a risk and start Joe Joe anyway and hope that somehow he played two or three games and had massive games because I ended up just playing crappy guys, um, you know, deep guys off my bench and then I didn't have a chance anyway. So you've really got to weigh it up. But having said that, I agree with you. I think probably only Jar Morant is the only one you would risk starting. Yeah, the one thing that's a pain in the ass with this, and I'll, I'll give you an example that I'm helping my buddy with his points league team and we added Xavier Tillman before the week started because he had four games. And I'm like, okay, Xavier Tillman's going to get all the minutes because JV's gone. I mean, all the minutes he can handle. And we're going to bench Gordon Hayward because his first game is postponed. He's only going to have a two-game week. And then you go and you see that Tillman gets all of his games banged. I mean, that this is one of those you're just going to have to take a couple punches to the face because you're going to get random postponements this entire season as long as these guys aren't vaccinated. And so you're going to have bad weeks, just like you had a bad week this week. I had a bad week too. I lost, as of now, 5-4. I didn't have Tatum. I didn't have Bradley Beal until today. I didn't have Jonas Valanciunas. And I didn't get Beal until today. I mean, it's it's just it's bad. It sucks, but you just got to take it. I mean, we have basketball. We just have to be grateful that we have basketball. Yeah, I think definitely given the way things were not having basketball for quite a while and the way things ended at the end of last season, we do have to be grateful. And I think, you know, I'm glad that I'm doing a few roto leagues as well, including the one that I'm really dominating. Yeah. We'll get to that and talk about why I'm dominating because of which uh, very high-profile player got injured and missed a whole bunch of time. And I'm now, I've gone from third to on top of this roto by like 16 points. <laughs> you see if you can guess who it is. Game one on the slate was the Toronto Raptors up against the Indiana Pacers. It feels like ages ago because these Sunday games in the States that start early, I call them the matinee games. So it was, it was like really early in the morning here, like 6 a.m. It's now four o'clock in the afternoon. It feels like an eternity ago when the, when the <laughs> Raptors won. And they've now won five of their last six as well. They're actually looking pretty decent. They had huge games from OG and Fred Van Vliet. Um, Norman Powell was good as well. Of course, no Pascal Siakam, no Lowry. Van Vliet got a great steal on Brogdon at the end. It was a match-sealing steal. Indy were down three. Brogdon put him on an island and pounded the rock right in his face, but he didn't even get a shot off in the end. Uh, I think Indiana was sort of letting Brogdon go left, and Van Vliet just flogged the ball straight out of his hands. It was great stuff. Speaking of Fred Van Vliet, I love this fella. He had 21, 5, and 4 with three steals and a block in 40 minutes. OG Ananobi had an absolute massive game. He had five steals to halftime, and he finished with 38 and 1 assist, five steals, and a block in the last few seconds as well when uh, Sabonis got double blocked. I think he got blocked, and then on the putback, he got blocked by OG as well. Uh, Is OG a sell high? It's an interesting question uh, because last year, OG was the guy that was getting dropped in leagues. He was actually dropped in my most competitive league because he wasn't performing very well. And he ended up finishing 70th in per game. And you look at him and you wonder where exactly can he finish? Because last year, he averaged about 10 and a half points, only about 1.33s, five rebounds. So the numbers weren't that great. If you compare it to what he's doing this year, it's a reasonable leap. I mean, he's averaging four more points. He's got about one more three per game. He's got 0.8 steals more, which is, that's a lot. I wouldn't expect him to average that many steals, but it's possible. So 
it's funny because he's ranked 35 right now. In the last two weeks, he's at 10. I think he is a sell high, but I don't think I would sell him for anything more than a top 50 lock. Not someone that's in a top 50 now, but someone that's a top 50 lock. Let me throw one at you. Do you prefer him or Rashawn Holmes rest of season? Oh, that's a good one, man. That's a really good one. I think if you're looking for blocks and field goal percentage and rebounds, I would go Holmes. But if you're looking for everything else, I would go with OG. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a tight one, isn't it? Because they're both performing a little bit above expectations. And I love the fact that I drafted both of them in multiple leagues, which makes up for <laughs> a few mistakes, including drafting LaMarcus Aldridge instead of... Uh, instead of Sabonis in one league and also having um, three Russell Westbrooks on my team, on my 17 team. Yeah, well, you know what's crazy? If you look at Toronto, Boucher's ranked 25th, Van Fleet 33rd, OG 35th, and Lowry 43rd. No Siakam there, and Siakam's going to make his way up there. Mm. I mean, it's going to happen at some point. I think right now he's around 85. But this Toronto team, man, they are very thin, and because of that, Almost all their guys are going to be fancy assets the rest of the season. So what about Norman Powell? He had 20 points, two rebounds, six assists. What do we do with Storm and Norman? Does he fit in there anyway, or is he just only going to be valuable when other guys are out? Yeah, I think he's more of a streamer. He, he's someone that definitely has the potential. Um, the question is, can he hold long-term value? And as long as guys are healthy, which right now, I mean, Lowry's out, Siakam's out, so it was the coast was clear for Norman Powell with Lowry out. So if Lowry is healthy, Powell probably not as great, but you got to like what you got from him today. I mean, the free throws for some reason, four of seven, not great. That's not something that Powell normally does, but he's a pretty good asset, more of a streamer type, probably a back-end guy in a 12-team league. Mm. Uh, Speaking of Chris Boucher, he's just 21 minutes, 12 and seven with two blocks. Baines, who played 17 minutes after starting, also had 12 and seven. Even with Siakam out, this isn't a huge night, is it? He's 26 on a per-game basis this season is uh, Chris Boucher, the, uh, but uh, only 69th in the last week. It looks like he might have been a sell high after all, and heaven help me, I am glad that I did not trade him away for DeAndre Ayton. Uh, <laughs> I should be happy that I didn't do that, right? Yeah, yeah. I think Ayton is a lock to end up close to that top 25. And here's the funny thing with Boucher. He's actually a buy low right now because I think it's possible his owners might be a little bit concerned with what's going on in the last three games. He has not been that great. He's going to end up in the top 35, top 40. And the reason why is because of his threes and blocks and he's going to get the minutes today. He faced off against a team in miles Turner and Sabonis that have big guys that can really make him pay. And so he didn't get as much run as normal. But he's a guy that's going to get minutes. And if he only plays 21 minutes and still gets 12 and 7 with two blocks, imagine what happens if he happens to get closer to 25 to 30 minutes. The sky's the limit. So um, speaking of the sky being the limit, let's have a look at the other side where the Indiana Pacers have some skyscrapers. They had Miles yeah. Turner had 25, 4 and 1 with four threes, three steals and six blocks. Uh, it's been a massive bounce back after a pretty poor 2020 season for him. He looks like a league winner from round four or five. The only thing that I find upsetting about this is that I think I only got two of him because I just was scared off by the by the the projections, which were not great for him for this season on a lot of a lot of um, expert sites. Yeah, I didn't think he was going to be this good. I had him last year, and you talk about his disappointing season, and he still was about top sixty. 
But I didn't think he was going to be that great unless he was traded. He was someone I said on Dan's pod several times. I am going to get him everywhere if he is traded because he just was blocked by Sabonis and Sabonis was getting all of the usage. I did not anticipate the blocks to be where they are. I mean, he's averaging this season over four blocks per game. I'm not sure that's sustainable. Um, and I don't think it's sustainable to continue shooting over 50% when you take as many threes as he does. I mean, the last week he's averaging three and a half threes per game. So he is obviously a sell high because I don't think he can do this. If you can trade Miles Turner for someone that is going to be in the top 15, maybe a guy like Bradley Beal, because Beal's going to have a lot more games towards the end of the year. We'll talk about the Wizards later. I mean, that's a guy that I maybe would target. And listen, Kevin Durant, I don't know if someone will trade him, um, but I think that Miles Turner could be a sell high or you just ride this and just keep winning the defensive stats every single week. Yeah, I think that's a fair point, isn't it? That, um, you know, you've got a guy who does contribute in other categories, even though they may come back a little bit. But if he's getting, like, if he's going to be the top one or two guys in the league for blocks and he does okay in other categories, then, you know, you you, you might as well just hold him unless you can get something, like you said, really good, really good back. Uh, speaking of really good, Sabonis is really good. It was a quiet a night for him, though. He just had uh, 10 points on some appalling shooting one for 10 from the field but he had 19 boards uh five assists as well very bizarre percentages because he was one for 10 from the field as i said but he was eight for eight from the foul line where he's actually really bad he's one of the the worst high volume um three throw percentage guys in the league he's only 42 on the season on a per game basis and that's because of his um three throw percentage uh just keeps on keeping on. A couple of quick hits from this game. We, we saw uh, Jeremy Lamb come back and have 19 minutes. He had a solid game. Are you running out to add Justin Holiday though? Because he started and he played 40 minutes. He had 16, 10, 1, and 2 steals. Yeah, he should be rostered in most leagues by now. Um, as long as we don't know the return of Levert and we don't really have any idea when TJ Warren's coming back, their minutes are there. I mean, you talk about another team that is very thin. I mean, look at their bench. It's McConnell, Holiday, and Lamb. And all those guys are pretty much guards and maybe Lamb a small forward. So if you look at that team, it, there's a lot of minutes to be had all over the place. And that's why you saw Sabonis play 40, Holiday play 39, Brogdon play 38. I mean, these guys, that's why Miles Turner surprises me. He's playing so many minutes this year. And as long as he's getting these minutes, like you said, you can hold on because these guys, as long as you play a bunch of minutes, you're going to rack up stats, Mr. Jolly. It's that simple. You get the playing time, and these guys are getting the playing time. And Aaron Holiday is not a guy you really want to own. TJ McConnell, only if you want assists and steals. And so that makes the other six guys, even Doug McDermott, guys that can be rostered and if you ignore McDermott McDonald and McConnell and Holiday you got five solid dudes right there yeah I mean even McDermott though like I I, I see him being streamed in some competitive leagues I mean he had 13 yeah. three two assists two steals he's been very efficient he's turned into a solid back-end guy he's rosterable he's inside the top 100 um, over the last uh, month or so and I think even he's up to top 80 or something over the last couple of weeks because of the three pointers and the extra opportunity TJ McConnell remains one of the best steel streamers in the NBA. And I say best because if you factor in availability being the best ability, 
he's barely rostered. So he's a good, best meaning you can find him just about any time, anywhere if you need some steals. Like if you get to the weekend or a Sunday and they're playing and you're like a few steals behind and you've got a streaming spot, you can stream him in because he's probably going to get you four, five, six or seven, sometimes even eight steals in a game. The second game of the evening, well, this is a good one to talk about because we've got Mr. Clips here himself. It was OKC Thunder up against the Clippers. Now, can you guess why I'm surprised about the final result of this game? Uh, because the Clippers beat the crap out of OKC the first game and the Clippers were up by 17 after one. Yeah, so the surprising thing is that they only won by eight points because <laughs> yep. they yep. are just absolutely steamrolling teams. So between them and the Lakers, uh, they're just uh, it's looking like it's going to be a Lakers-Clippers showdown at the end of the season. But uh, having said that, shout out to the Nuggets and, of course, the Utah Jazz who've been on absolute burn and look good. But, uh, gee, the Lakers and the Clippers are dashing out some absolute floggings. Let's start with OKC because we will, if we talk about the Clippers first, we'll have no time for the OKC Thunder. Um, <laughs> Shea Gilgis-Alexander, he didn't start out this game well, but he ended up with 23 points, six rebounds, seven assists, eight for 16 from the field in his 36 minutes. He was six for six from the foul line. He was a guy when we first talked early in the season, he started out very slowly, but he's getting back to – he might not end up in that early third round kind of area where he was drafted, but he's getting close to it. He's a beast. He He's a beast and he's this entire offense. And so as long as he is there, there's a reason why he was drafted as high as he is. And to go up against Pat Beverly, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and put up 23, six and seven, two days after going 30 points, eight assists, in 39 minutes and to shoot over 50% in both games, eight of 16 in today's game, 11 of 20 on Friday says a lot about who he is. He's going to be high volume. He's going to get you assists. He's going to get you steals and get you rebounds. He's going to shoot the three ball. He's got a good stroke in general, 53% this month in 34 minutes per game. He's solid, man. He's really solid. And the thing that people were worried about with him were, was whether the defensive stats were going to come back or not. But like he's up after starting out very slowly, like he was outside the top 150 after a couple of weeks. He's now up to 44th on a per game basis. And if you toggle that into the last two weeks, he is inside the top 30. In fact, I think it's around 24th or something like that. So he has been pretty amazing. Uh, speaking of amazing, uh, amazing is what happens when you take a risk on breakout guys and stuff. And I want to talk about uh, Isaiah Roby, who had what did he have a double double? Didn't he had ten points, ten rebounds, three assists, one steal, five for ten from the field? Uh, I say amazing, but when once Al Horford comes back, does he just not become relevant, or is he? If you've got a deep enough bench, someone you stash and and hope that in you know, April when the fantasy playoffs are on, you get value out of him because maybe Al Horford doesn't play as much. Yeah, and if you're in weekly leagues, I think that's an easier guy to hold on to because you have those couple of bench spots that you can rotate. And the thing with Horford is I have a bad feeling that something happened with his newborn and something is going on health-wise um, with he with him or her and that's why he's been gone for so long it's the only thing that makes a lot of sense since he just had a baby and he's been gone for as long as he is and supposedly he may not be a part of this road trip at all and so as long as that's the case Roby's there we obviously wish the best to Horford and he's a guy that 
is a veteran dude. And so who knows how long he's going to be around towards the end of the season if they are bad and they want to shut him down and give more minutes to Roby. So he's a guy that if you're in a competitive league, he's definitely someone you can stash the whole year. If you're in a league that's not as competitive or even a 10-team league, he's someone you can drop to the wire and then add him when you have the long-term play like you do right now, knowing he's going to be a six, seven-game play. Now, Darius Baisley and Lugans Dort both had quiet games, but George Hill had a big one. He had 22 points, uh, two assists and two steals. He was nine for 12 from the field and three for four. He's an efficient um, streaming guy or maybe even like an end-of-the-bench guy. Do you prefer him or do you prefer um, Morris from Denver as a, a, like your, I don't know, a deep, uh, deep roster guy that you keep on just to give you a bit of stability, decent field goal percentage from the guard position? I think I prefer George Hill. George did save his line today with a couple of really late threes against the Clippers because the Clippers were up big. I think they were up by 18 or so. And then Oklahoma City went on an 11 nothing run um, in the last minute or two. So RIP to all those people that had Clippers minus 13 and a half. I thought they were going to get an easy win. But, I mean, George Hill, I mean, he's shot well. Field goal percentage is good. Gets you steals. Gets you assists. Um, gets you threes. So, yeah, he's a guy that I think I'd rather have. And plus, he's starting. Let's talk about the LA Clippers now. Kawhi Leonard, 34 points, 9 rebounds, 8 assists, 14 for 24 from the field, 4 for 9. Now, is he a sell high? I say that because... Uh, On a per-game basis over the last two weeks, he's number one in fantasy, and he is also inside the top three on a per-game basis, full stop. No, he's not a sell-high. He's a guy that's going to play this well the entire season. I mean, he is. If you look at last year, he finished number four. Right now, he's at number four. The year before that, he finished number seven. Uh, Two years before that, he was number four. The year before that, number three. I mean, this is where he is. And as long as he's playing back-to-backs, which he is now doing. I mean, a guy that's averaging 26 points with five and a half rebounds, almost six assists, two steals, almost a block, 50% shooting, 90% from the line. He's a monster and just ride it out. And I saw Dan had a league where he was able to trade away Colin Sexton. And uh, I forget who the big was, but he traded away Colin Sexton in a big for Kawhi. And it's just, man, I mean, there are people that don't recognize how good he is. So if you can trade for Kawhi, and you can trade anybody that's not top five, dude, I would do it. What about Damian Lillard? I would trade Lillard for Kawhi. Because I <laughs> I rejected that offer in a league yesterday. And, uh, I you wonder- idiot. Uh, well, I can still go out now. I can still go and get it back. Because I think, I think there's still a little bit of fear with some people. And this goes, yeah. for, the, this goes for the Lakers as well. These really and, – and, and the – and sorry – the Bucks are another one. These kind of juggernaut teams, it's all it's fantastic right now, but when we get to April and May and the playoffs are not so far away, uh, and the fantasy playoffs are later this year, by the way, everybody. Remember, it's instead of being starting in the end of March and going into early April, they're starting for most leagues later in April and even going as late as May 2nd or May 9th. So uh, everything is going to be later for the NBA. Um, so we don't know what's going to happen at that point. Right now, Kawhi's playing all these back-to-backs and stuff, but... These guys, these top guys, if they have little niggling injuries later on in the season, I just worry about the games played stuff. It's the same thing for Joel Embiid. I have a few of him too. There's a little bit of that fear. Whereas, yeah, that's whereas, understandable. Whereas the, the contrast to that is Damian Lillard. You know that the Blazers are probably going to be somewhere between 6th and 10th and just balls to the wall trying to get a playoff spot. Yeah, 
Yeah, listen, you're right. And the thing with Lillard, I mean, we'll talk about that game later, but there's still a couple of minutes left in that game. And he's got 35 points, five rebounds, eight assists. He's seven of seven from the line. He's got six threes. I mean, that, so I, I don't understand. I don't blame you for not trading away Kawhi and having that fear because listen, it's it's a legit fear. But it, it sometimes you need to do that risk to get the reward at the end. But I don't think there's a big enough difference between Lillard and Kawhi, um, where I think Lillard is more stable than Kawhi. So I don't blame you. Um, I was just messing around with you. Uh, no, no, but, no. Uh, I, I, tell you what, it was it was really very close. A couple other quick yeah. hits. Quick hits for you. Zubach, I'm streaming him in Dan's $75 cash Roto League, and he got a double-double for me today. 10 points, 11 rebounds, one assist, and two blocks. I'm not an idiot for streaming him, am I? I need some field no, goal no, finish. No. And he can, no. he's going to get these double-doubles from on occasion as well, isn't he? Yeah, and Ty Lu after the game, uh, praised Zoo, and he actually played Zoo over Ibaka down the stretch because he liked what Zoo was giving him, and that's the one thing with Zoo is that he wasn't playing a bunch of fourth quarters under Doc Rivers, and he is now under Ty Lue. And it's one thing with Zoo is that he has the ability to get those types of numbers, especially the blocks, in limited minutes. So he's definitely a guy that you uh, should look to stream. And one little note, Paul George sat out the last four and a half minutes with hamstring tightness, something to keep an eye on because he was hurt for a little stretch last year. Um, And so... We'll see if he does play on Tuesday against Atlanta because he had a really bad game. And everyone was wondering whether he sat out because he was playing poorly, because he had four turnovers and the Clippers needed to hold onto the ball, or if he was indeed hurt. And it turns out that he was hurt. So just something to keep an eye on. Who benefits if he misses a stretch? Is it is it Nick Batum? Is it we're going to get more Lou Williams? Because Lou Williams has been, has been bad. He's not even streamable at the moment. Uh, interesting. It, it really depends. Cause if you look at the box score from today, you'll be like, Oh, Reggie Jackson, maybe, um, it turns out Reggie Jackson actually started the second half because Pat Beverly had knee soreness. And so Pat only played the first half, which is why his minutes were only at 13 minutes. So uh, I think if PG sits out, you might see more Marcus Morris. Morris was out today because he was sick. Um, not COVID related, COVID related. And so my guess is Morris is the guy that's the biggest beneficiary if George has to miss a couple of games. Well, there you go. Um, anything else on the Clippers of note? Uh, a Barker, like you said, didn't play down the stretch. It's all pretty messy. Once you get outside Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, everything else is its just quite variable from week to week, isn't it? Yeah, I think Ibaka is solid. I mean, you kind of know what you're getting from him. I mean, he wishes he could play Oklahoma City every single night. He did really well in that two-game series against them. Um, Pat Beverly is a guy that, when he's healthy, fills up the box score. Not a lot of points, but fills up the box score. Uh, Batum has been really good this year. But in terms of guys that you know you can rely on night to night, it's mostly Kawhi and PG. But most of those other guys will chip in um, with their normal stats night to night. Now the Celtics got oh, sorry the Cavaliers got absolutely flogged by the Celtics. Um, can we just write this game off because the Cavs have had I think they've had I think they had three games in four days or something. They've really been bowling out and they're getting a few guys back. They got absolutely flogged by the Celtics. Uh, Darius Garland looks like he's struggling a little bit for his play coming back from that injury. Yeah, and that's a concern. It's one thing that you worry about when a guy like that. I believe he was out with a shoulder injury too. And so he comes back and he's one of nine today. And he's someone that field goal percentage was something I always worried about. 
he got off to a really good start this season, and I didn't think it was sustainable because he had a really high field goal percentage, and he had a lot of threes too. Right now he's sitting at 130 in a per-game basis. Um, he's someone that I would be a little bit concerned about. Last year he shot 40%, and this year he's at 40.9. So you're seeing his field goal percentage kind of level off a little bit. He's going to go up from there, uh, but the concern is real. I mean, it really is, it's real. And if you're in a Roto uh, games cap format, I'm not starting him for a little while. I want to see him start. And right now he's coming off the bench and I want to see him get back to his normal ways. I think the only guys right now that you can trust are Nance, Drummond, Sexton, and Allen. I think those Mm -hmm. are the only four guys you can probably trust on that team. For the Boston Celtics, Jalen Brown had, a, had another very big night. He had 33 points. He had three rebounds, two steals, 13 for 20 from the field, three for four from deep, and four for four at the foul line where he's much better this season than he has been in previous seasons. He's one of those guys that a lot of winning teams in fantasy basketball have right now. Yeah, yeah, he's been unbelievable. I mean, if you look at the leap that Jason Tatum took last year, that's exactly what Jade what Jalen Brown is doing this year where he's sitting in the top 20 and people might be concerned and saying, Oh, well, his numbers are going to go down when Tatum comes back. I mean, have you been paying attention this season? Because he was really good when Tatum was there. And by the way, Tatum is slated to come back tomorrow. There is a little bit of concern with me. I have him in a league with Jason Tatum that I think he was hit a little harder with COVID than anybody knows because he's been out and was supposed to come back possibly last Wednesday and he kept having his return delayed. So I wonder where the fitness level is for him. Um, hopefully he shuts me up and he plays great tomorrow. But it's something to keep an eye on. Jalen Brown's been really good. Kemba is going to sit out tomorrow's game um, with some maintenance issues. But he's been really, really good. So if you held on to Kemba, you have to be happy with his early returns. Yeah, a couple other quick lines. Marcus Smart had 12 points, nine assists, five steals and a block, and he had a three-pointer as well. It was good to see Marcus Smart uh, filling up some boxes. Uh, I've got him in quite a few leagues. I love my MacGyvers. I've got my Marcus Smarts and my OGs, uh, those kind of dudes, and uh, also McCall Bridges is another one. But, yeah, Smarty, uh, Smarty can sometimes uh, be a bit hot and cold, but uh, that was very nice stat-stuffing performance from him. Daniel Tice who is very, very nice uh, when he is nice and very, very putrid when he's not. Had 17 points, six rebounds, one assist and two steals. Tristan Thompson just had five points, but he had 12 rebounds. Robert Williams uh, the third had uh, nine points, six rebounds, one assist. He had three blocks, though. Of those three guys, would you roster any of them? And if so, what's the order? Oh, man, you're going to give me the Celtics. Rough, isn't it? Yeah, it's hard. I mean, Tice was the guy last year that everybody wanted to own. Um, And Time Lord is a guy that has the upside, especially when it comes to his blocks. I mean, he had three blocks today. Um, I think Tice is the safest bet of them all. But you want to see guys possibly get shipped off or something or if someone gets hurt then it opens up minutes but as long as you have thompson and tyson williams it's hard to really figure out night to night i think for me in teams that i'm doing well i would hold robert williams even if it's not even if it's daily where i've got to occasionally accept he's only going to play 15 minutes because if one of those other guys gets injured 
he has the best upside and, you know, you just those blocks. I want those blocks because I don't have enough Miles Turner <laughs> to make up for it. Uh, Jeff Teague had 12 minutes and he had one assist. I mentioned quite a few times that he is a drop with extreme prejudice from a great height. The Charlotte Hornets up against the Orlando Magic, and this was a game that was won by Charlotte, 107 to 104. I've been talking a bit this season about how there's quite a few teams that have been not that fantastic that are a lot more interesting to watch this season, and one one of them is the Charlotte Hornets. Gordon Haywood, gee, he had 39 points, nine nine rebounds, one assist, one steal, one block, five three-pointers, and the only thing he fouled up was his uh, three-throw shooting where he was four for eight. 15 for 25 from the field. Gordon Haywood, wow. Yeah, and he's a guy that went really cheap in some leagues before the season because, if you remember, he was hurt, and nobody really knew when he was coming back. And he's getting all the usage he can handle, and as long as he's getting the minutes, he's a guy that's going to put up numbers, but he is certainly a sell high for me because he's gotten hurt the last couple of years, and I'm not sure he can stay healthy. And, uh, I mean, those points are sexy, 39 points, but his field goal percentage, 15 for 25, is something that I'm not sure is sustainable. And so he is someone that I'm looking to sell high just because of his injury history and the fact that he's playing so many minutes does worry me a little bit. Miles Bridges had a decent game. He had 18 points. He had six rebounds, two assists, and two steals. But he's just going to frustrate you with the inconsistent play. PJ Washington had just nine points, but he had three rebounds, one assist, three steals, and two blocks. PJ has been sneaky good after a slow start. Yeah, and it's interesting with this team. I mean, you look one night, you have Terry Rozier that's scoring 40 points. You have another night where you see that PJ Washington's got four or five blocks. And Washington, as long as he's getting those counting numbers with three steals and two blocks, and he's playing a lot of minutes at the center position, you, you worried that when Cody Zeller came back, it might hurt his value a little bit. But it hasn't been the case. And this is a team that's kind of fun to own fantasy-wise. I mean, Scary Terry was really bad today. But that being said, he's a guy that's going to have bad nights, but he still played 38 minutes. So as long as you see those minutes being played for him, I mean, Terry's definitely rosterable. Hayward. P.J. Washington, LaMelo Ball has been someone that's been called out by his head coach because he doesn't play good enough defense. He played 28 minutes today, 11-5-8 with a steal. These guys are going to be up and down, especially a guy like LaMelo Ball that's a rookie. But there's a lot of fantasy value to be had on teams like this that are not deep and are going to play their guys a ton of minutes. Yeah, absolutely. There is no doubt about that. For the Orlando Magic, speaking of depleted teams, they got a guy called Gary Clark. He played 35 minutes today, had 14 rebounds. Sorry, 14 points, four rebounds, two assists, hit four three pointers. Is he on the streaming radar or is he just not going to be good enough game to game? <sighs> yeah, I think you're I think you're right in terms of the it's not gonna be good enough game to game. Whenever you see people play 35 minutes, you can get a little bit excited. Uh, I'm excited about Cole Anthony, though. I picked him up, including in Dan's Roto League, which I rabbit on about a bit. That's my Franken-Roto team because I lost Markel Fultz and Tommy Bryant. So I'm just trying to pull a frog out of a sock, if I can mix my (laughs) metaphors with that. He he was 6 for 13 from the field, 14 points, 5 rebounds, 6 assists, 1 steal, 1 block, 2 three-pointers. He looks like a rest-of-season value guy, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's someone that I did not like a lot about a week or two ago. Um, I was worried about his, the numbers he was putting up. His field goal percentage wasn't good. 
He just was turning over the basketball. He just wasn't doing it for me. But it does seem like he's getting his foot underneath him. And then you look at he played 33 minutes. Uh, he's giving you threes. He's getting you points, rebounds, assists. He's even getting you a block um, in some games. So I think he's a guy, as long as he's getting the minutes, Orlando has no reason not to play him minutes with Fultz out. And so as long as that's the case, I mean, take your ups and downs with him. I mean, he's going to have a night like Monday where he was two for 12. And the week before that, he was four for 13. His field goal percentage will be up and down, but he'll give you threes and he'll help you out in different departments. And so as long as he's doing that, it's something that you'll uh, absolutely appreciate towards the end of your team. We need to talk about Evan Fournier as well. Uh, if he is out in your waiver wire, make sure you go and have a look and make sure. I mean, probably he'd be gone, actually, but you never know. Someone might have got to be impatient, especially if you have a league where uh, you, you you have no IR. He had 21 points. He had three rebounds, six assists, one steal. He was seven for 16 from the field and three for eight from deep as well. So go and check him out. Uh, Terry Ross had a quiet game, but don't. Drop him. Let's talk about Washington versus the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, we need to talk about Russell Westbrook. He was really bad, wasn't he? Yeah, not good. And you and I were talking about him a little bit before we started recording. And it's funny because he went really early in drafts. And I went back and I looked at last year because I was wondering where he finished because he was someone I was never going to touch just because of his injury. And he finished at 43 last year and per game the year before that 32 the year before that 24 the thing with him though is that his free throw percentage just keeps getting worse it was 66 percent two years ago he bumped it back up to 76 percent this year he's back to 64 percent his free throw percentage isn't good his field goal percentage is something that's going to have to go up 37 percent is not sustainable for a guy that gets to the rim as much as he does he needs to stop settling for jumpers but he's not getting the same amount of usage it in taking advantage of it. I mean, what's interesting is you look at his numbers, 18 points, nine and a half rebounds, 10 and a half assists, one steal. Last year, he was at 27, eight and seven. So his rebounds and assists are actually up. But with him, he's just not converting. So once he starts making his shots, he will jump up. Right now, he's ranked around 200. My concern with him, Mr. Jolly, is that he's not going to play a ton of games when they have back-to-backs. And so as long as that's the case, I think you wait for him to have a couple of really good games, a couple of triple doubles, and then you sell him. That's what I'm hoping to do. And I, even if I have to take a discount, I will, because I've got him in three leagues, which is a bit stupid. Um, he had nine points. He was three for 11 from the field. Uh, he did have eight rebounds and six assists. Uh, didn't get any defensive uh, cats. Bradley Beal was back. He had 31 points. He had seven rebounds and four assists, 13 for 19. He will warm up and get back to it. The rest of it is a bit messy. It's worth noting Robin Lopez had eight points, seven rebounds, and five assists. Uh, have a look and see if he's available on your wire. He's a good a good streamer. Um, Alex Len also played some time. Dave, gee, it's just all over the place with them. I think we need to see a few games post all of these postponements to see how it shakes out. For the San Antonio Spurs, Paddy Mills has been one of the late rounds, well, waiver wire or late round steals. He had another 21 points. He had four three-pointers in his game and he had four rebounds and three assists as well. It was good to see DeJounte Murray back after his injury. He's been pretty amazing, hasn't he? 11 11 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists, triple double, five for 13 from the field. Do you have any DeJounte Murray in your teams? No, and he's someone I wanted coming into this season because I knew he was going to end up being a top 50 guy, and right now he's about 60. Um, The fact that he came back as quickly as he did after that ankle injury is really encouraging. He's a walking triple-double, does not turn over the basketball at all for a guy that handles the ball as much as he does. 
His field goal percentage is going to go up even more than what it's at right now. It's under 45%. I think it gets up to closer to 46%. He's just a really good ball player, and I like him a lot. And he's definitely someone that I wish I owned because he's really solid. And it, him and DeRozan, I think, are going to be steady top 50 guys. DeRozan, obviously, even higher. The one guy that's, I'm interested to get your take on is LaMarcus Aldridge. I don't know if you own him anywhere, but I do. He had a really bad first quarter, and I was really concerned. But this is now back-to-back games where he's been decent. He had two blocks today, which is really encouraging. And I don't know what to do with him because every time I want to say goodbye, which I'm not actually going to do, he comes back and has one of these games. Yeah, and he, and he had about 20, I think it was 25 or 26 points in one of those, one of those games too. I, I think you've probably just got to hold him and see because unless you can ship him off in a two-for-two, you're not going to get any value back. So I, I would say LaMarcus is a hold. Uh, speaking of value, John Collins had a massive game for the Atlanta Hawks. They they lost 115 to 129 against the Bucks. He had 30 points and he had six for nine from deep, 12 for 19 shooting, 30.7 rebounds, three assists for John Collins. Uh, is he a guy that really needs to have no Trey, no Capella to be this big? Yeah, this is a weird team to figure out. Um, it's interesting because night to night, it seems like it's changing. And like you said, no Trey, no Capella. So you saw Collins play 37 minutes. You saw him be the guy. DeAndre Hunter played 42 minutes. They have so many guys that can contribute between Collins and Hunter and Huerta. And Gallo is now back. Cam Reddish took eight shots today. You add in Trey and Capella. They have a lot of different guys. So it's going to be hard to figure out. But John Collins is so freaking good that you would hope that this little stretch would give him some confidence because he's got all the potential in the world. He was the guy that finished number seven last year in a per-game basis, and right now is sitting at 55. So he's got room to grow. He's got to get those points up, and he's got to get those rebounds up because that was the biggest thing that helped him last year, averaging 21 and 10. So there's a potential, but I I fear that Capella, as long as he's healthy, is going to hinder Collins' value. Mm. Also for the Atlanta Hawks, DeAndre Hunter had 33 points, four rebounds, four assists, and one steal. Wow. He's been one of the surprises of the fantasy basketball season. On Yaker, Kongwu played today because of Capella being out. Uh, he just had 15 minutes, though, four rebounds. Uh, sorry, four points and two rebounds for him. Kevin Herter had a down game. He was three for 11 from the field after a few good ones. Rajon Rondo started. Uh, Solomon Hill played 20 minutes. Cam Reddish is back after missing a few games. Um, he was bad as well. Danilo Gallinari had 17 points in his 18 minutes. Uh, this is another one where we can kind of write off some of the stuff because we need – there were just too many players missing and it was not really a close game towards the end. Is there anybody on Atlanta that you like rest of season apart from the obvious guys like John Collins and Trey Young and Capella? I like Hunter. Especially in points leagues, he's been really efficient in points leagues, getting you a lot of points and helping out elsewhere. So he's someone I'm definitely keeping an eye on. I think he, Collins, Trey, and Capella are the top four guys there. But Gallo's a guy that's going to give you sneaky value 19 minutes, and that's all he needed to put up 17, 3, and 2 with three threes and six of six in the line. If you look at Gallo, he has not finished lower than 82 in his last five years. And it's definitely a place where he could get some value as perhaps that sixth man. So he's on the waiver wire in my 10-team league right now. 
Um, if you're looking at Yahoo, normally the guys that get swooped up are the ones that are getting ads. And he's a guy that's so well owned that that's not the that's not the play that's not where it's happening right now. Is there he's not showing up in the most recently added guys. So he's a guy that's going to help you free throw percentage, get you threes, points, rebounds. So yeah, Gallo's a guy I'm keeping my eye on. For the Milwaukee Bucks, it was Giannis who had 27 points, 14 rebounds, eight assists and one block. Uh, he was back to his dominant best, but he did have that nine for 15 from the foul line, which is pretty gross. Brooke Lopez had 12 points, three rebounds. You got no blocks. Come on, Brookie, you need to get me some blocks, buddy. Dante DiVincenzo has been down a bit. Uh, he had just nine points, but he had nine rebounds, five assists. Again, no defensive cats from him, which you're looking for. Drew Holiday had 15 points, five rebounds and five assists, one steal. He has been good this season, but Chris Middleton has been the standout. He had 19 points, eight rebounds, seven assists, one steal, just one for six from deep today. But as you mentioned in your notes here, he's been hovering around top 20, hasn't he? Yeah, he's been really good. And and what's interesting is that the reason why his value is so high is because not only is he shooting really well and he's giving you stuff all over the place, but especially in assists, he's averaging a career high in assists. And you look at him tonight and he had seven assists. And the game before that, I believe he had seven as well. I mean, you just look at the last several games and you go over the last five games, six, six, four, seven, seven. So when you have Giannis on your team, that's a guy that gets you easy buckets. And so when Middleton finds him around the rim, easy assists right there. He's averaging over five assists per game this month. In January, he averaged over six assists. So he's going to be really useful this entire season because of his ability to help you across the board in points, rebounds, and assists. He gets you steals. He shoots really well from the line, shoots well from the field. I mean, he's shooting over 50% this season. So, yep, that's a guy that I really love, and I owned him this entire season. Got him for pretty cheap, and I'm happy to have him this entire year. We're down to the two-minute warning here, and there is 10 seconds left in the last game. The Blazers are winning 114 to 111 right now. For the New York Knicks, there's only really two things worth talking about, three things. Julius Randle had another massive game. Thank you for helping me dominate in that road to the league. He was huge at 25-7, five, two steals so far. Alec Burks, uh, good to see him back to his early season dominating. He had 18 points, four rebounds, one assist and three steals. When I say dominating, I mean dominating as dominating as a late round, nobody talks about kind of drafting guy can dominate. But Emmanuel, quickly, what do we do with him? 29 points, two, three rebounds, three assists, and he was eight for 17 from the field and five for eight from deep. Can I tell you something? I came into this this one, um, this game. I was down by, I can tell you it was, I was down by 38 points and I had mellow and quickly. I didn't think I had a shot in hell of coming back in points. Quickly played the entire second and the entire fourth quarters. He has been unbelievable. And you're just waiting because this is what you look at these numbers, Mr. Jolly. This is why everyone's clamoring for him to start over Alfred Payton, who is boring. And so if quickly gets the start, he helps you in points. He helps you in threes. He had three blocks last game. He can do it all. I was going to drop him to activate Jason Tatum. That is no longer going to happen. He has the potential. He's someone I'm absolutely holding on to. Julius Randle, like you said, he's been unbelievable. Keep riding him. Alec Burks is a guy that's back. He's healthy. Give you points. Give you threes. He's going to get you steals. So I like Burks a lot. But, man, quickly is a guy that just teases you. He brings you in. And that's why you got to hold on. 
Damian Lillard had he's had thirty seven points, uh, eight assists, yeah. one steal, six for ten from deep. I I needed him to get me eight threes to win this battle against my uh, huge rival from New York, Mike Hussey. I, I'm gonna, I'm winning five four. I would have won six three. Shout out to Mike who accidentally left Eric Gordon on the bench, and Eric Gordon had thirty three points and seven threes. <laughs> Yikes! Yes. Well, I mean, I missed two games of of of. Damian Lillard because of the PPD. So it all evens out. But anyway, fun stuff. Mate, we are out of time. And I think well, rather than reading out all the other Portland Trailblazers lines on another game without CJ McCollum, let's just stop there. Thank you so much. Uh, it's happy Brandon Day on a Sunday. Every other Sunday, we get you on every fortnight. Mate, that was heaps of fun. Good luck with the clip stuff. Good luck to the Clippers as well. And uh, we look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks. Enjoyed it, Mr. Jolly. Can't wait to be on again. Thanks so much. Who is the best in Ben's below-the-waist grooming? Big news. Manscaped just released their new cologne scent to help you feel good, smell good, and look good all over at all times. Who knew that smelling this good, as well as looking this good down there, could feel so very good? It's just good all around. Everyone knows Manscaped has the perfect package 3.0 for all of your below-the-waist grooming needs, but they didn't stop there. Complete your grooming game with a new refined cologne signature scent by Manscaped. With the same signature scent that's in all Manscaped formulas, this cologne is a perfect complement to the collection. It's light, approachable, and gentlemanly in all the right ways. Think of it as your wingman for the night to keep you fresh and ready for absolutely everything. It's calming, it's inviting, and this 50ml spray cologne is even hypoallergenic. It's cruelty-free, dye-free, paraben-free, and 100% vegan. This beautifully designed glass bottle makes a statement, and the manly scent is attractive to set the mood. And now you can use the Manscaped Refined Cologne to complete your set because you've already got the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer and crop formulations. That's the other part of the perfect package 3.0, of course. And now you can use the Manscaped Refined Cologne to complete it. It's time to feel sexy. Bring sexy back, as Justin Timberlake used to say. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com. Your balls and your body will thank you, as well as the people who enjoy them. Uh, hoopball20 at manscaped.com. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.